Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, well, a tough night last night, uh, Jim, for the Twins at the plate in particular. Striking out 16 times, only Kyle Garlick uh, hitting a solo home run. And, uh, you know, the Twins find themselves kind of striking out a lot this year. I think second most in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I try not to be too reactionary early in the baseball season. A lot of things can change. A lot mm-hmm. of hitters can slump and then get catch fire. Health is always an issue. But I, I just do not like this team's approach to the plate. Uh, they're striking out too much. Uh, they're not, and you could you can deal with strikeouts if you're producing a tremendous amount of power, and if you have hitters who can adapt to situations and not strike out with the bases loaded or not strike out with a runner on third and less than two outs, some, you know, bases empty strikeout, same as a ground ball to second, you know, uh, strike out when you should be advancing runners. That's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't seem capable of making the adjustment. And I usually do not blame pitching and hitting coaches in the big leagues because usually they are not the, necessarily the go-to person for much of the roster. They're, they're worker bees more than they are, teachers in a lot of cases in this case everybody's underperforming uh buxton is underperforming for a pure dh Correa is underperforming relative to his career uh you know the only guy who might be over performing expectations is kirloff and that's a very limited number of at bats i just don't like the way this team swings the bat most of the time yeah, and how do you get out of that? It sounds like you're talking about, which you are, about approach more yep. than you are just kind of being in a slump or a kind of a team thing. So what about their approach? Can they change? How do they go about doing something different? You know, listen, these guys have, they take do an awful lot of work pregame. Mm-hmm. They take a million swings. They have detailed scouting reports that uh, the analytics department tries to boil down into very actionable stuff. The reality is every hitter is a little bit different. I heard Morneau talking about it over the weekend. Some hitters don't want too much information. Mm-hmm. They don't want anything cluttering their mind. They don't want to, you know, they, they want to just react to what they see out of the pitcher's hand. Other hitters want to really a, a firm game plan. So it's not like, it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's finding what works for each hitter, mm-hmm. and that's hard. But it's also necessary. Uh, this team has the capability of being a good offensive team. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't give you a simple answer here, but right. but you know if if Larnick is swinging and missing by two feet as he was a few weeks ago, there's got to be a solution to that. And if Buxton is getting himself out too often, there's got to be a solution to that. And the solutions are probably completely different, but that is the hitting coach's job is to try to move them in the right direction. And for Larnick, it, it took just you know sending him to the minor leagues for a few days and kind of having some success maybe there and figuring out you know hey I can make contact with the ball and and do some things there. But you're not, you know you're not going to send Buxton uh, out to the minor no. leagues maybe no. maybe in the outfield. It's possible he's thinking about it too much. When is there a, a plan for him to play the outfield? Well, I think they're you know I've been you know. <sighs> They've been very cautious talking about it, even off the record, and they don't want to put a date on it because any date could get blown up. And then, you know, this last week he ends up uh, missing a couple of games because his knee tightened up. Mm -hmm. So I had always heard that June might be a good time for him to start preparing himself to play the outfield, and then if the preparation went well, they'd put him out there. Uh, I don't know if the knee tightness in Anaheim will slow that down. Uh, I still would like to see it. Um, I just think... You know, one of the ways this team can get better offensively 
I mean, the two easiest ways, we talked about this before, mm-hmm. the two easiest way for the team to get to better offensively is bring up Royce Lewis when he's eligible mm-hmm. and to have Buxton play center field and have the DH be a true hitter. Right now you're playing Michael Taylor, and Michael Taylor has done is a pro and he's done his job well, mm-hmm. but he's not going to hit a lot and he's not as good a defender as Buxton. So you kind of lose, even though he does a good job considering who he is, you're still losing offensively and defensively when you play Taylor in center field and Buxton at DH. Yeah, Taylor's a fourth outfielder, ideally, right, yes. for the Twins? So. Yeah. yeah, on a good team, is a fourth outfielder. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the strategy yesterday during the course of the game. That uh, was a, a something that was kind of a talking point with, with uh, Rocco going to the bench in the second inning. I mean, Juliet never even got it at bat, and, and he was subbed out for, and he said, well, it's because they started an opener, then they switched to a left-hander. What did you make of all that? I think Rocco's getting impatient with the bats and he's looking for any edge. And he's also trying to, I think he's also trying to send a signal to these guys. Hey, if you, if you're not reliably productive, then you're just a, a piece I'm going to move around. Mm. Um, I, I would, you know, listen, I usually try to counter a lot of second guessing because a lot of second guessing doesn't take into account a lot of what realities behind the scenes and mm-hmm. statistical realities. In this case, I would, I would have wanted, uh, especially Kirilov to stay in the game. I think Kirilov is taking the best of bats of anybody on the team right now. I would have kept him in the game. Julian is still feeling his way in the majors. You know, maybe subbing him out isn't that big a deal. But I, I don't – to me, you're letting the other team dictate too much when you pinch it that early. Yeah, and because – so they go to the left-hander. Well, then they could go back to a right-hander uh, again later in did. the game. And, and, yeah, and that flips everything on its ear – uh, once again, I, I was impressed with the Ober hanging in there. He, he did not look good uh, in the first inning and hung in there uh, for five. I, I like Bailey Ober. I think he's a guy who can stick in the Twins rotation. Oh, I agree. His numbers are good overall. He uh, does battle when he doesn't have his best stuff or when he's up against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, you know, so many of the Twins losses the last week and a half. You know, we end up talking about, okay, Pagan or Jax or Lopez or this starter could have pitched a little bit better. They need to start scoring enough runs that every little pitching glitch doesn't cost them a game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that just isn't happening. And it does put pressure on pitchers. I mean, they know the offense yeah. is struggling. It, it has to be in their mind a little bit that, hey, I need to go out and give, out, give up two or fewer today or we're going to have might not have as good a chance to win. Yeah, and, and baseball is a zen sport. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about uh, think about having to give up only one run, you're more likely to give up four. Yeah. You know, because you're going to you're going to be too fine. You're going to try to be too perfect. The best approach is to once you get on the field after all the preparation these guys do is to let it fly. It's harder to let it fly if you feel like you have no margin for error. I'm kind of glad the Twins didn't make a trade for Sean Manaya though. A couple of years ago, I mean, yeah. he looked good against the Twins, but he hasn't been very good since he was uh, traded. He's been lousy, and yeah. I, you know, listen for all the things that have gone wrong with this team so far this year. Uh, the way they put the the rotation together is still pretty impressive. You know, bringing in all these people from outside the organization, and they've basically all been good with it this year, with the exception of of Mally, you know, going on the injured list. Uh, yeah. They've generally, you know, they they put together a nice pitching staff. They just they need better. They need more middle relievers to come through, and they need more runs scored. Yeah. Uh, your column uh, today, Jim, or yesterday, I guess, uh, addresses that the NFL is king on the sports landscape. 
Well, you know, I went out to the NFL meetings yesterday and I'm trying to think, what am I going to write about this thing? These things are really dry. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of little news developments and I had a bunch of conversations, but nothing really jumped out at me that was worth a column. And I started thinking about, I talked to Leslie Frazier about it yesterday. You know, just when, when I started covering the league in 1989, uh, it was a mom and pop small operation. Uh, It, and it didn't really know how to keep up with its own popularity. And I covered, you know, I went, I used to work in a basically a broom closet in winter park. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'd walk up the back stairs and sit down with the coaches and have them break down film for me. There was no security in the building. Everything was on the honor system. It was just, it was, it was as, it it was like being hanging out in a hardware store in in a family run hardware store. And now the NFL is the Colossus. Uh, they've gone from, as I point out in my piece, you know, when I started covering the Vikings, if they want, if it was too cold to practice outside, they would inflate a 40, one of those 40 yard you know, golf bubbles and run around in there. Uh, couldn't throw long passes, couldn't punt, couldn't kick. And now everybody has a, a beautiful stadium, a beautiful practice facility. They've monetized everything. Everything they do is hyper popular, including the stinking draft uh, and the release of the, of the schedule. They, they've built a Colossus and you know, uh, there are a lot of things I can criticize them for. And I have uh, in terms of running their business, they have been brilliant. Yeah. Quick note on the passing of uh, the late great Bud Grant. I know this was back in March, but they had a celebration this week. Yep. I was there on Sunday. I thought they did a really nice job of that. Mike Grant really, uh, set the right tone for it. Uh, you know, he, he, he remembered Bud as kind of a goofy, stern, but goofy, humorous character, which I think is the right way to remember him. Uh, and, and Mike kept making the point, hey, Bud wouldn't be in here on a nice spring day. He'd be out someplace. Go, get out of here. You yeah. know, that was exactly the right tone to set. Yeah, that's right. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live in five sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.